1: WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
2: With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The Pentagon reports that an American warship and some commercial ships too have come under attack this weekend in the Red Sea. Yemen's Houthi rebels to blame, they have claimed attacks on two ships, That they describe as being linked to Israel. However, they did not mention a U.S. Navy vessel specifically. This is the latest trouble in the Red Sea because of the Israel Hamas War. The Houthis, of course, are a Muslim terror group. College Football News today: Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. That is your college football playoff Final Four. Florida State is not in there. First unbeaten Power Five Conference champion to be excluded from the four in its ten-year history. Of course, next year, everything is changing. There will be many more playoff slots and perhaps a little less debate. This is SRN News.
1: This week on the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Tiffany Justice of Moms for Liberty.
3: Instead of the government system listening to the parents who are the stakeholders, they shut us down. They literally shut
4: off our microphones. They changed citizen input at school board meetings. One of our own moms called by an FBI field office after having spoken at a school board meeting. You're making peanut butter
3: and jelly in the morning, and you have an FBI agent calling you about your speech.
1: Stream the Michelle Tafoya podcast at Salem Podcast Network. Inside your 1 o'clock hour this Sunday afternoon here on AM 1280 The Patriot, that means you're moments
5: away from the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Brad Carlson. Coming up in moments, but first, a quick look at your Sunday forecast from the Genovations Regen Weather Center. Today's high around 38 degrees, mostly cloudy skies for the afternoon hours. Tonight's low 25 with clouds still sticking around tonight. Monday, partly sunny, high around 40. Tomorrow night's low around
1: twenty eight.
6: Portions of the following program may have been pre recorded.
1: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering? Go flight. Master Control? Go flight. Studio Engineer? Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280, the Patriot Studios in Eagan, here is The
5: Closer, Brad Carlson. AM-1280, Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. It's December already, which means we're down to, what, I guess five shows left? In the year 2023, unbelievable. I, I, I literally remember the beginning of the year talking about, uh, well, there was a lot of news going on at the beginning of the year once uh, the new uh, elected officials that were elected in the midterms of 2022 were being sworn in. We were already talking about, oh, my gosh, the president. now we're talking about 2024 uh, presidential race already. Well, it is less than a year to the presidential election. So, uh, yeah, crazy how uh, it has uh, gone quickly in and- you know, it's about 30-some degrees, no snow on the ground, so it hardly feels like Christmas is coming up, but it's about three weeks away, so there you have it. So we hope you've uh, had a a, a prosperous uh, 2023 as we see the final month of the year out, and looking forward to a lot going on in 2024, that is for sure. So um, check your local listings because, again, as we've talked about, March will be the 20th anniversary of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, so there may or may not be some things, events surrounding that, uh, milestone anniversary. You'll just have to stay tuned. Well, I uh, kind of like to uh, divide things up in the program. If I've got some local stuff to talk about and national stuff to talk about, kind of like to divide it up between the hours. So the first stuff, uh, or first hour, I should say, we'll be talking about issues regarding uh local politics, the local angle, if you will. Uh, And it's kind of intersecting with what's happening on the world stage. Because, of course, we've talked pretty much every week about some component of the, uh, the conflict going on in the Middle East, particularly the aftermath of Hamas and the terrorist attack that took place in Israel on Saturday, October 7th. And almost immediately, you have the anti-Israel people. Let's call them what they are: they're anti-Israel. They, you know, these a lot of these people don't believe Israel should exist. Basically, say, well, we have to have a ceasefire. Have to have a ceasefire. They, you know, violence isn't the answer. And meanwhile, they they never these people who are calling for the ceasefire and for Israel to stand down. They never explain well how is Israel supposed to respond. When you have a collective, i.e., Hamas, saying their stated goal is to wipe Israel off the map, how is Israel supposed to respond? I mean, these these people don't come right out and say that Israel does not have a right to defend itself, okay? Because that's not a defensible position for them to have. So they 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 do all of this. Uh, they they. They basically twist themselves up in, in verbal knots because they can't justify standing down. So, uh, a lot to a lot surrounding that, um, and of course, probably the biggest voice here in Minnesota calling for a ceasefire is is Ilhan Omar. I mean, she has been documented to be virulently anti-Semitic and. Anti-Israel, since before she even took elected office. Of course, she was elected to the Minnesota House in 2016, and then in 2018, once Keith Ellison decided to run for Attorney General, decided on Omar decided to run for Congress out of Minneapolis' fifth congressional district, and she's now in the midst of her third term. And the prospects of her getting a fourth term are far from a certainty, that's for sure. And her latest. Uh, screeds in reaction to the terror attacks in Israel, uh, it, it is probably flying in the face of, of a lot of her constituents. Now, if Ilhan Omar survives another primary challenge in 2024, she's going to be reelected to Congress. I, th- th- there's really no doubt about that, because in the 5th Congressional District, it's like a D plus 25 district. Whomever is the Democrat candidate is going to be elected to Congress. I mean, that's that's a fait accompli. Well, she lost or she survived a primary challenge against Don Samuels by two percent back in two thousand twenty-two, and Don Samuels is levying another challenge. I'll tell you what, Spencer. Why don't we start off with uh, yeah. So let's start off with uh, cut number one. And uh, do you have that note that I wanted to start at about uh, about a minute in or so? I don't know if you saw that note. But uh, Ilhan Omar uh, last week gave an interview with Channel Five political reporter Tom Hauser, and Tom Hauser replayed that interview in its entirety on "At Issue," the uh, Sunday morning show that's uh, seen on Channel Five. And among the things that has that was asked of her, of course, you know she she wants to avoid this Israel issue as, as much as she can and And focus more on the domestic side, because obviously the the constituents in the fifth congressional district you know they could probably you know reconcile all the domestic issues, but as far as her stance on israel um I'm not so sure that the entire district is with her on that one, so Spencer, if we had just let me know when that's ready uh cut number one uh this is uh Ilhan Omar. Talking to Tom Hauser again, obviously uh, Tom Hauser's comments will be intertwined with this. This is about a minute, minute and a half long, so uh, let's start with this guy number one.
3: I am in lockstep with my constituents. Um, majority of the 5th has been out um,
4: uh, asking Israel? for a ceasefire. They've shown mm-hmm. up to our offices. Really? They have been calling our offices. But one of her primary opponents, who she narrowly defeated last year, Don Samuels, pushes back on that idea. She has
0: alienated and even frightened members of the Jewish community in our city and beyond, and people are uh, totally uh, concerned.
4: What happened on October 7th was horrendous. Omar says she's not anti-Israel, but considers herself pro-peace, even after the Hamas attack killed more than 1,200 Israelis, with hundreds more taken hostage. It's incredibly, incredibly
3: heartbreaking to watch people say, let Israel do what it wants to do. Nobody's saying uh, Meaning that, that let That's it level Gaza. Nope. Let it destroy 2.3 million people, whether they kill them or they ethnically cleanse them.
4: Israel and its supporters point out they're not trying to destroy all Palestinians, just trying to destroy Hamas. You can see this entire interview on at issue Sunday morning okay, at ten. Okay, we'll, st-
5: we'll stop right there. So that was last week. It was on issue on at issue. So you can view its entirety. That's a lie. That's a lie. The majority of people saying that they want Israel, they they support Israel doing whatever they want. That's a lie. That's not true. And again, she said, "Well, I'm I'm pro peace. Great. So how how." In your mind, Congresswoman Omar, how should Israel respond when Hamas attacks them? And states very clearly their goal is to eradicate Israel. And one key constituent in Minnesota's 5th Congressional District that happens to be Senator Ron Lantz, Minnesota State Senator Ron Lantz, DFLR out of St. Louis Park, who is of the Jewish faith. And there is very little with which I've ever agreed with Senator Ron Latz, particularly his stance on the Second Amendment. He is very much a a heavy gun control guy, and don't think that he's not going to be ramping up those efforts come this next legislative session in early 2024. But credit where credit is due. Spencer, if we have that ready, cut number two. Uh, Listen to Senator Latz. This is about a minute and a half long. Basically lay out that... uh, it's not a, we can't do this both sides argument with Israel and Palestine. Okay, both sides are not created equal in this particular instance. And what Senator Latz had to say here uh, definitely ran afoul uh, of a lot of his fellow Democrats. So, Spencer, cut number two.
4: There is little left for Israel to concede that would not jeopardize its very existence. We have seen in recent weeks how poisonous Gaza has become for Israel. It challenges the very foundation of the idea of two states peacefully coexisting side by side. Now, Palestinian children are taught at United Nations UNRWA schools that Jews should be killed. They attend summer camps that teach young kids how to be terrorists. They play Kill the Jew on the streets of Gaza children's television shows glorify the killing of jews and unrun elementary school playground toys are plastic ak-47s palestinian youth dream of the opportunity to achieve glory and even martyrdom by killing as many jews as possible is it any wonder that these same children grow up and call their parents after slaughtering innocent concert goers in the desert to brag about killing 10 Jews, saying, Mama, aren't you proud of me? Who use rape as a weapon of war? Who gleefully paraded the naked body of a desecrated, captive Jewish woman through the streets of Gaza while the Gazan crowds cheered and spit on the body? We know all this from their own recordings. Whose culture of martyrdom encourages children to risk their lives in the greater cause of eliminating Jews?
5: Okay, where's the lie? Where's the lie? I no one no one has been able to refute what what Senator Latz said, at least not credibly. And the fact that the uh, Latz's fellow Democrats are enraged over this there's only there's only two explanations for it. Either the people who are expressing their rage over Latz's comments hate the fact that he told the truth because it flies in the face of their narrative or these detractors don't realize what Lats is saying is true because they have swallowed whole Hamas's propaganda. Only two, ex- only two plausible explanations for them to be so enraged. And it is very, very clear that there is a fracture among the local Democrat party because uh, Senator Lats, long tenured uh, Senator in the DFL caucus and plus you have Ken Martin DFL chair who i believe is mothers of the jewish faith and at the, from the very beginning took issue with a lot of the garbage you know from the from the river to the sea palestine will be free you know basically saying that's that's basically a mantra for uh, desecrating israel and wiping israel off the face of the map and and people keep saying well no that's not what it is yeah that is the original intent of that slogan, of that chant. You don't get to co-opt that for your own purpose and say, well, that's not what I mean by it. Well, then you need to stop saying it because that is the inherent meaning of it. So, uh, and on and, um, CARE, the Council for Islamic uh, Islamic Relati- uh, Council for American Islamic Relations, the uh, Minnesota chapter, listed, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Twenty different elected officials, Minnesota Democrats, coming out and calling for a ceasefire. And it's pretty much a who's who of the uh, urban districts. The only the only ones uh, uh Senator Lindsey Port is out of Burnsville, Senator Aaron May Quaid out of Apple Valley. Uh, I you know, again, those two aren't up for reelection in twenty twenty four, neither is Senator uh Jennifer McEwen. She's one of the suburban districts, don't remember exactly which one. But, uh, yeah, these people are can come out and are in very safe districts and can come out and call for a ceasefire. Yet there are some, maybe some other Democrats who are in vulnerable districts that can't risk the re-election prospects. So we'll have more to say about this when we come back and are available to take your phone calls as well, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, or check out the live stream of our broadcast up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network. Facebook page, Brad Carlson the Closer back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
7: Looking in your eyes, I see a paradise. This world that I found is too good to be
1: Hear the top voices in conservative radio on your Amazon smart speaker.
3: Now streaming AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent
8: Radio.
1: Just ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis. That's
6: play The Patriot Minneapolis. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her relief factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain... Lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pain, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel better or your money back guarantee. That number, 1-800, the number for Relief, Relief Factor.
3: Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and the station.
6: This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from Big Tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's Pragertopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. Go to pragertopia.com or click the banner at dennisprager.com.
3: Did you know that there's one place you can go to hear God's words of hope spoken into your life anytime, anywhere? oneplace.com. Listen to your favorite Christian programs, read daily devotionals and Get answers to your tough questions all at OnePlace.com or on the OnePlace app in the Apple and Android app stores. Visit OnePlace.com today.
1: She's smart, beautiful, and a former Fox Business Channel host. Now you can hear her take on the day's financial news on The Trish Regan Show on the Salem Podcast Network. Hear intelligent radio through your smart speaker. Just say, play Play the
5: the Patriot Patriot Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Hey, welcome back. M1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And don't forget the live stream of our broadcast up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, where, as always, our good friend Wild Wilson checks in saying hello. Hello back, Wild. Good to see you, as always, sir, and uh, Gary from War Road. Quite often checks in and says hello from War Road. Well, hello back, Gary. Thanks, gents, and thank you all for tuning in. And I appreciate uh, former Senator Dave Osmek checking in. Uh, Jen McEwen is up in Duluth. For some reason, I thought um, she was in a suburban district. I I can't keep a lot of these DFL senators straight, so I apologize uh, for the error. And thank you, Senator Osmek, for the clarification on that one. Uh, continuing to talk about uh, Senator Ron Lance, DFL out of St. Louis Park, running afoul of a lot of his uh, fellow uh, Minnesota Democrats for basically telling it like it is uh, regarding how Palestinian youths are raised in the country. Uh, Senator Aaron May Quaid uh, came out with a, a statement uh, hitting back at uh, Senator Latch. You can check it out. At uh, Aaron May Quaid's, well, actually, she posted it on Twitter. It was signed by a lot of her uh, fellow DFL senators. Uh, so you can go read that at Aaron May Quaid's uh, Twitter feed. That's where I initially saw it. It was a press release from the Minnesota Senate. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely a uh, a fracture within the DFL on this particular issue, of course. I mean, they're always going to come together on on pretty much every other issue where they look to control every aspect of our lives. But on this particular issue, yeah, there is definitely uh, some differences, some distinctions, no doubt about it. Uh, And it's interesting, while uh, when I first heard Senator Latz's statement, you know, I, I had to give credit where credit is due. And then I get to thinking, isn't it a shame that what Senator Latz was saying, basically calling out, Something that has been known probably for decades, how the Palestinian culture is and how it permeates a death and, dare I say, even some terroristic elements. Now, again, I've said it many times before, there are plenty of Palestinian citizens who want no part of this conflict, just want to want to be left well enough alone. But, unfortunately, there are elements who aren't going to allow that to be possible. Okay? I mean that's just a fact but I I got to thinking isn't it a shame how that's considered a courageous stance what Senator Latts did and said to me that that's that, that's the biggest takeaway I had is this should not be a courageous thing you know I mean this should be pretty much a layup but the fact that this is considered courageous by saying how basically saying how calls for a ceasefire are are absolute ludicrous because the bottom line is if israel you ceases fire they cease to exist and you can tell the anti-israeli sentiments among our media as well because you recall there was a um let's see if i Yeah. So. um, So this would have been November 30th was what? Thursday, Thursday. Uh, CNN put out a headline, a story that said, well, Israel says it has resumed operations against Hamas minutes after a seven day hostage release deal expired. So they're basically saying that Israel was launching that that implies Israel was launching the first strikes, resuming this war after an initial agreement. And what they conveniently leave out the headline is: Well, uh, shouldn't there be some justification for Israel, quote unquote, resuming uh, operations because Hamas they were the ones who fired? rockets at Israel first and then orchestrated a terror attack, killing three civilians at a bus stop in Jerusalem. I mean Hamas flat out claimed responsibility for that. And when Israel responds, they say, well, look at this. Israel, they say they're they're resuming operations against Hamas apparently. And by the way, uh the, the, the hostage swap, the releasing of, of hostages on both sides, um, I don't see how that's a, that's equivalent because you have women and innocent women and children, civilians, is, that were being released from Hamas' captive, whereas the quote-unquote hostages Israel were releasing were ones they were keeping in jail because they tried to commit atrocities against the people of Israel. So if you want to say that that's a level playing field, you're lying to yourself. And, again, uh, this goes back to uh, Ilhan Omar's comment, you know, that uh, soundbite we heard from her about how she's saying the majority of her constituents are showing up on her office, calling her office, uh, showing support for her. The majority? Really? How many millions live in the 5th Congressional District and you're saying the majority are, are with you on a ceasefire? And if you listen to on Omar's comments, when she actually gets substantive questions, like from someone like uh, Tom Hauser, who isn't going to just uh, tow the the, law, the the ceasefire talking points, she just basically devolves into a word salad. You know, so I this is going to be, uh, and, and again, I don't know how Don Samuels' fundraising numbers are looking. I'm assuming he's going to be the primary opponent. I, it seems to me there are multiple DFLers who are lining up to run against Ilhan Omar in the CD5 primary. Um, I have a feeling it would probably come down to Don Samuels because you know he he came so close to defeating her. And like I've said many a times, if an, enough Republicans would have crossed over and voted in the DFL primary in 2022, were it not for a key... GOP race, the attorney general's race, where the endorsed candidate Jim Schultz was receiving a primary challenge from Doug Wardlow, and were that, were that were not such a key race for Republicans to have to vote on, they would, I, I have a good authority, a number of them would have crossed over and voted for Don Samuels to oust Dihan Omar. So, uh, again, this is this uh, whatever money Don Samuels is raising really all he needs to do is just play Johan Omar's comments don't even need to take them out of context just play them on an endless loop and uh we'll 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 put that to the test representative Omar if indeed a majority of your constituents are in agreement with your ceasefire comments we only have a bit of, about a minute remaining in this segment but I do want to get to John's call uh John of Minneapolis is on line 1 John you are on the Northern Alliance radio network go ahead
7: Yeah, I'll just make it brief. Uh, There was a woman woman named Sophie Stahl. She was a young German woman during World War II. And uh, the Gestapo uh, butchered her after she spoke out about the Nazi atrocities against uh, Jews. They interviewed her sister several years later, and her sister said, uh, they asked her, or they said, your sister was very courageous. And she said, no, the Germans were cowards. Mm. And I make that analogy to many people in the United States who are not speaking up against the atrocities that had, Hamas has committed. I'll hang up now. Thanks. Yeah,
5: thanks, John. Appreciate the comments. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are talking about the Israeli civilians that are being released from Hamas's captive. And they're saying, wow, look at them. they look they, calm and peaceful and relaxed. They were, they were taking great care. Their lives were never in danger. Well, they saw loved ones slaughtered at the hands of Hamas, knowing full well what would happen to them if they dare uh, spoke out against what Hamas was doing. So they were basically putting up a brave front, a brave face, because, you know, knowing what would happen to them if they didn't. And yet people are swallowing the Hamas propaganda whole. We've taken very good care of these hostages. Look at the, the looks on their faces as we're releasing them from captivity. So... Uh, indeed, John, cowardly overall. We appreciate the phone call. Brad Carlson, the closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. 651 289 4488 is the number to call if you'd like to weigh in. Back in mere moments.
0: That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
4: Would you like your mortgage paid for all of next year, up to $18,000? Hey, this is Isaiah with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. We're honored to be sponsoring the Christmas Mortgage Miracle
0: Giveaway. We believe Jesus is the real Christmas miracle, and our desire is to share his gospel. If you enter daily through December 21st, you could receive an additional blessing this Christmas
1: season.
4: Go to am1280thepatriot.com and sign up today. And Merry Christmas from the Kingdom Builders.
7: When I found out I was
3: pregnant, I panicked. I was afraid, feeling pressured. I didn't know what else to do. I was nine weeks along and didn't know there were other options. I didn't know the baby already had a beating heart. I didn't know there were couples waiting to adopt. I called the confidential hotline and learned the facts. I found an option that both my baby and I can live with. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling, or would like to support the work of Pro Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Pro Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible.
0: What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy, and I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much, from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between. It really is so special, and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
5: Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson.
1: 651-289-4488,
5: that's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narnshow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Or again, check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we do have the live stream up and running. And as always, we uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I know that not yesterday, but a week ago, yesterday on his program, Mitch, uh, Mitch Berg, my friend and valued colleague here at the Narn, had on Liz Collin, who of course was is with uh, Alpha News uh, after many years at WCCO tv and she was uh, part of the, uh, or she was the producer of the documentary "The Fall of Minneapolis," and you can check that out: uh, thefallofminneapolis.com. dot uh, com. It's a documentary that was based on Liz's book, a best-selling book, by the way, entitled they, They're Lying, the Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. And in this documentary that uh, my wife and I had an opportunity to watch this past week, because after listening to Mitch opine on it, Mitch talked about it in his blog, shotinthedark.info, he had on Liz Collin on his show, like I say, a week ago yesterday, I said, "Okay, I'll I'll check it out. I'm I'm going in with a completely open mind. I mean, I like many Americans, when I saw what happened on Memorial Day 2020 with uh, a a white officer with his knee on the back of the neck of a of a, a black man, you know, I I was horrified. And forget the 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 racial component to it. To hear a man beg for his life, scream out, "I can't breathe," beg for his mother, and while the officer just continued to callously uh, keep his knee on the, on the back of his neck, yeah, I, I was deeply affected by that and said, you know what, everybody has a has a right to a, a fair trial, but if if that video is just played in an endless loop, I don't see how this officer uh, doesn't spend a long time in jail. Well, as I've learned in observing the media and something that the fall of Minneapolis points out, we weren't given the whole story we weren't given everything in full context now again i'm not here to argue whether chauvin was wrongfully convicted and that he should have gotten the full 20 plus years whatnot i'm not here to argue the outcome of the case at all at all i i that is way out of my depth that's beyond my pay grade not a legal beagle i probably say that every time i'm on this every sunday when there's some sort of legal issue I'm talking about, I always am quick to emphasize I'm no legal beagle, okay, but I will say that uh the way this documentary laid out several scenarios, whether it was preliminary autopsy reports or you know body cam footage and other footage that maybe wasn't as widely disseminated as say you know george floyd uh being on his stomach and Officer Chauvin having his knee firmly embedded in his upper back, even his neck area, okay? Uh, I will say that I. It, it was impossible for Derek Chauvin to get a fair trial. Everybody in this country, I don't care how horrific the allegations are against somebody, everybody has a right to a fair trial. And everybody has a presumption of innocence where they're presumed innocent. Even Derek Chauvin. And I remember within a probably a couple of months after this initial incident took place, after George Floyd's death, we saw release of the body cam footage. And one of the things that struck me back then was when they placed George Floyd under arrest and attempted to put him in the back of the squad vehicle, he was wildly and violently resisting, would not sit in the squad vehicle and kept saying, can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. That's what stuck out to me. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. When you hear, when you see an officer with his knee buried in someone's upper back, neck area, while they're in a on their stomach, and he's saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, you're naturally going to assume that it's because the officer has his knee on his neck and the officer is callously ignoring his pleas for life. That's, that was the picture that circulated literally all over the world. But when the body cam footage was released, and all of a sudden he's yelling, screaming, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, when they're trying to put him in the squad car after they've taken him under arrest, isn't that relevant context to this whole incident? That okay. The reason the officers continued to restrain him is because he was basically crying wolf. He was saying he can't, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, you know, trying to resist arrest. Again, not not justifying the technique at all, at all, but that would seem to me to be very relevant to this whole thing. And, of course, they also frame it, the, the, the picture that circulated around the world, of course, is a white officer with his knee in the back of a of a black man. And, of course, it gave people the opportunity to, you know, fluff up the narrative. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, this is no different than the 50s and 60s when they were turning hoses on 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 black people. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Well, the arresting officer was Officer Alex Alexander King, a black man. He was the arresting officer first on the scene, and only then did the uh, other officers subsequently show up when they when they needed, when they needed backup. But again, that doesn't quite fit the narrative because journalism today is all about creating narratives. It's not about reporting facts, and and these are all relevant facts. A black man was the the arresting officer. And George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, when they were trying to place him in the back of the squad car. And I guess he had done that before when he had previous arrests. And at the center of this was how police chief Arredondo, during the trial, was asked, you know, is that a proper restraining technique the way george floyd was down in his stomach and the officer having the knee in his in his upper back neck area and he said no it it is not well it turns out there was a police manual an official police manual police training manual that showed the maximum restrained technique which was a in this case a george floyd but um a suspect under arrest where it shows if they're resisting, this is the maximum restraint. Because George Floyd, as they were, took him in handcuffs and tried to lay him on the ground, he was still kicking and violently resisting all all four of the officers. But again, you know, again, so the fact that Chief Arredondo said, "Well, that's not any technique that we've ever learned," well, that's false. Now, could it have evolved as time went on and whatnot? Well. We, won't, we don't know because for some reason, Judge Cahill, the presiding judge in Derek Chauvin's murder trial, did not allow that as evidence. Because I remember thinking as they were talking about this, well, this was in the police manual. I'm like, wait a minute. I remember following the case, because obviously I would comment on the radio show here. And I remember thinking, how inept is the defense if, This is a very clear training technique that's in the police manual, and they could have showed that and presented that as evidence. Why didn't they present that as evidence? Well, literally minutes later in the documentary, I got my answer to that question. Judge Cahill did not allow that as evidence. Why? And again, that's not to say that that changes the outcome. But when you're on trial for murder, you have to be proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. So if evidence of this maximum restraint technique is brought forth and says, well, this is actually in the manual official police training, might that have created reasonable doubt? Not implausible. So that's something that I, I think are questions that need to be answered. And again, I'm not saying that Derek Chauvin should not be in jail for a number of years. Not saying any of that. Again, leaving that component out of it. But if you're just basically accusing Liz Collin of putting forth propaganda, because, of course, Liz Collin is married to Bob Kroll, who who back in 2020 was the head of the Minneapolis Police Union. So people think, wow, okay, yeah, this, this is just propaganda then because she has a vested interest to, to tell a totally different story and not make the police look so bad because her husband's the head of the Minneapolis Police Unit. Okay, well, what specifically was brought forth in the documentary that was incorrect or that was out of context or that was just flat-out false, flat-out propaganda? I mean, if this is indeed propaganda, then it shouldn't be too difficult to poke holes in it now, should it? But no one ever addresses the substance of the documentary. And again, I, I, I take issue with the fact that, hey, this maximum restraint technique, that was shown in the police training manual. But the question I have is, okay, we'll grant you that that is a legitimate technique. It was very clear after a number of minutes that George Floyd was no longer resisting. And in fact, it seemed like he may have passed out. So why continue that technique if it's clear that he's no longer kicking and screaming and he, and, and resisting? Why was that technique continued? That's a question I have. So okay, I'll grant you that maybe that was a that was a legitimate technique, but is it really p- protocol and and policy to keep up with the technique even after he stopped resisting? I'm asking a serious question here. I don't know. So that that's that's one thing that I can't quite reconcile. But I will say that. At the end of the day, it was it it was impossible for Derek Chauvin to get a fair trial in my my estimation, because literally while jury selection was taking place for this trial in er, in early 2021, the city of Minneapolis settled with the family of George Floyd, paid out multi millions of dollars to George Floyd's family. While jury selection was taking place. and. While the trial was actually occurring, in front of the courthouse, you had National Guardsmen with heavy artillery. You had concrete barriers with chain-link fences with barbed wire atop the chain-link fences. What, what is the insinuation there? Quite simply, if a verdict is returned that the general public, i.e. the justice mob, doesn't like, that there could be a potential for chaos, much like we saw for two, three days in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. And then the whole issue surrounding the third precinct, third police precinct, and how officers are basically told to stand down, and how now all of a sudden, officers, there's been a mass exodus. Out of like 850 police officers, about 300 have left the profession, either took early retirement, left the profession altogether. So even though that, the city council didn't get their wish to defund the police, you can argue there's probably been a de facto defunding of the police because of how morale it was blown to smithereens. So all I'm saying is that it was impossible for Derek Chauvin to get a fair trial because everything that happened in the aftermath of George Floyd's death, set the the, the verdict was already set. It was. It absolutely was. And, again, if people are going to hit back and say, well, my God, look at this, look at his abhorrent behavior. There's no, there's no doubt about it. They should have thrown him in jail and throw away the key. Then fine. Then, then present every single piece of evidence if it was that obvious. Because, again, there's relevant context that was, that was left out that the general public didn't get to see. But when you have a, a, a collective... In the media today that's only interested in narratives and not reporting facts, a lot of that is left off the table. And when you have a murder trial where you have to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, if you present evidence that, hey, the maximal restraint technique, that was a legitimate technique in the training manual, okay, plus uh, Officer King called for medical assistance literally within 30 seconds after they tried to put George Floyd in the in the squad car and he was resisting and yelling he can't breathe. Assistance was called for right away. And yet none of that was known along, in the same time frame that that worldwide video was circulated of Officer Chauvin with a knee on the back of George Floyd's neck. So, uh, again... I've said it many times during this monologue, and I'll say it again, not questioning whether Derek Chauvin should be in jail or not, but I am questioning why certain pieces of evidence and testimonials were left out and the fact that could Police Chief Arredondo did he perjure himself by saying that that's no training that they've ever been subject to, that maximum restraint technique? So... Uh, This definitely, uh, I think, asks some very pointed questions, and the American public deserves answers. Otherwise, you could get the impression that this country is quickly descending into mob justice, and that definitely is not a good place to be. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show. Or check out our uh, live stream of the broadcast at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Brad Carlson and the Closer back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere.
1: You can listen to AM-1280 The Patriot on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to Play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts.
6: This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device.
7: 800 504 1123. That's 800 504 1123.
0: All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees. High school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota high school sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, They're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School
6: League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I start every day by reading through the stories at Daybreak Insider. It's a look at today's most compelling stories and provides responses from key conservatives in media and politics. Over a quarter million people get Daybreak Insider by email daily, and it's available to you at no cost. Go to daybreakinsider.com and simply plug in your email. That's daybreakinsider.com. In five minutes, you will be the most informed person in the office. That's daybreakinsider.com. Thinking about climbing Pikes Peak? You can get
1: this radio station there, too. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio, and odyssey.com. We're always on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio through your smart speaker. Say, play The Patriot, Minneapolis.
5: Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot.
0: This is how we do it.
5: Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson.
0: This
5: is how we do it. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. This is how we do You can also uh, check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have the live stream of the broadcast up and running. And, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Hey, speaking of Derek Chauvin, you know, I did uh, report last week Uh, It was uh, on Black Friday where he was stabbed by another inmate in the uh, Federal Correctional Institution in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, We got an update about that. Rather, uh, well, you can understand why life-saving techniques needed to be administered. This is from CBSNews.com. The inmate who, and I hate when pop-up ads block what I'm trying to read here. Sorry about that. The inmate who stabbed former... Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin in federal prison last week did so 22 times with an improvised knife, according to recently filed criminal charges. He also admitted to corrections officers that he would have killed Chauvin had they not responded as quickly as they did. The U.S. Attorney's Office identified the alleged perpetrator as 52-year-old John Tursak. He now faces charges of attempted murder, assault with intent to commit murder, assault with a dangerous weapon, and assault resulting in serious bodily injury. Chauvin was badly hurt after he was stabbed in a federal prison one week ago. The Charging documents indicate stabbing happened in the law library at the Federal Correctional Institution in Tucson, Arizona. Chauvin is currently serving his 22-year sentence there. The former police officer was convicted of killing George Floyd during an arrest in May of 2020. A WCCO source earlier this week said that Chauvin was hospitalized following the attack but was said to be in stable condition. The Associated Press Press reports that Tersek told investigators that he attacked Chauvin on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, as a symbolic connection to Black Lives Matter movement and the black hand symbol associated with the Mexican Mafia gang, prosecutors said. Tersek is serving a 30-year sentence for crimes committed while a member of that Mexican mafia gang. However, in contrast to what corrections officers reported, Tersak told FBI agents that even though he'd been thinking about assaulting Chauvin for a month because he's a high-profile inmate, he denied wanting to kill him. Well, I would guess that if you stab someone 22 times, I don't know what your content Your intent could be construed of other than wanting to kill somebody. So, yeah, just uh, an absolutely uh, scary situation uh, all around. And this is, I'm sure, the concern that Chauvin and his legal team had when he was going to jail. I mean, any police officer that goes to jail, obviously they're going to be target of other inmates, regardless of what they're in jail for. But it seems like for a police officer to go to jail, obviously it has to be a pretty high threshold as we've seen in, in high profile cases over the years where a lot of officers, despite the appearance of committing some pretty serious crimes, uh, don't seem to do any, any jail time. So that was obviously a concern given Chauvin's picture and the video and photo of him kneeling on George on back of George Floyd just before he died once that was circulated worldwide obviously he was going to be a a target wherever he wherever he goes and so sadly this is not a surprise an awful thing should not have happened should be able to serve out his sentence without fear of retribution but I don't think that that's humanly possible to be perfectly honest so Grateful he survived this attack, but woof, boy, it's uh, it's going to be a uh, difficult road the next twenty plus years. That is, uh, that's for certain. So, hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in Mere Moments. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, back in Mere Moments.
8: Are you tired of going online every day and getting news meant to make you afraid and anxious? and all that meaningless celebrity gossip fighting for your attention. Want something different? Something positive? Make your homepage Christianity.com. Replace the bad news and fake news with the good news, the life-changing gospel truth meant to encourage your daily walk with Christ. With daily devotionals, answers to life's tough questions, and meaningful Bible study from your favorite pastors and authors on today's current events and issues, you now have a homepage that reflects your life and your faith. Don't settle for the negativity and superficiality that the rest of the Internet offers. Instead, choose a homepage that will uplift you and strengthen your faith. Join the thousands of others who have made the switch to Christianity.com and experience the difference that good news can make in your life. Don't wait any longer to make a change. Choose Christianity.com as your homepage today and embrace the positivity and inspiration that comes with the good news of Jesus Christ.
0: Dinesh D'Souza's new blockbuster movie Police State exposes the government's plot to control MAGA conservatives
5: These are anti-government We have freedom of religion and freedom of
0: speech Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with MAGA Republicans threaten the very foundation of our republic Mass surveillance, censorship and armed attacks There's nowhere to hide. FBI, we have an arrest warrant. 15 marked units on my property. Military-styled soldiers. Pointing an automatic rifle at my head.
4: Are we becoming a police state?
0: It may be the Russia other people grew up in, but not my America. Directed by Dinesh D'Souza, Debbie D'Souza, and Bruce Shuley. Police state sounds the alarm.
1: What we need is a person, and then we go find out what crime you did. How did we give the state this kind of
0: power? Police state. They have their lists. Are you... Next,
4: if they're coming for me, they're coming for you.
0: Please state, buy it, or stream it now at salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.
3: What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple, heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit healvets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. AM
1: 1280, the patron